You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Making way. Welcome to my house. I'm lazy like a citadel. Welcome to my house. I'm ugly like a seven cent. Welcome to my house. I'm open like my everything. Thank you guys. We appreciate you taking the time. I know the time difference is there, so you're getting a little late in the evening. So we'll uh, we'll get to the conversation. Um. Al and I have been talking about this interview. I'm saying Yonaka. Is it Yonaka? Is it Yonaka? Yonaka. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Okay, very good. See? Alice from New York. So he goes, is it New York like yo? I'm like, yes, I believe it's yo. A lot of well, people say it like yeah, that. Yeah, some yes. people go Yonaka. Yonaka. Yon. Well, I can say Yonaka because it is a Japanese term. It is. So, but there we go. They say, we, we got taught how to say it, didn't we? It was like very like on one. It's like, but it's still Yonaka. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Um, let's talk about the new album, new EP. Is it EP? Are the albums or the EPs these days? You know what? Is it? I know. And I hate calling it an EP because I feel like it just makes it like a smaller um, thing. And I don't, I just don't like, I just, I don't know why. I just, it just doesn't sound like it's this thing. Like it's like had a lot of work put into it. Whereas an but, album's this is it. Yeah. This is the big thing. But yeah. is there's two there's two points there to the thing. A, they look at the price point. If it's an EP, it's more consumer friendly as far as the price, right? But what also constitutes making an album? Does it have to be 60 minutes? Does it have to be 10 songs? What does it have to be? Yeah, um, I think it has to be around 10 or 11 yeah. songs. Yeah. Okay. So we actually yeah. did want to it we did want it to be an album originally. Mm-hmm. Um, but like after like a lot of chats with mm. uh, label and stuff, it, we decided to do an EP. But there is an album coming. Yeah, we're working on an album now, the full length. So, but the thing is, is like the, the benefit of your EP is it's all killer, no filler, right? These are the songs, right? There's seven songs, six songs that are just gonna actually floor you, and you're gonna hit repeat all the time. So there is a benefit in that because of our attention the deficit country uh, live, world we live in now. Yeah, seven songs to them is like an album. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I pivot. <laughs> <laughs> so this album, um, it's 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 super easy to want to put people in the genres, like either this or this or that. Mm-hmm. You guys kind of ran the gamut here, man. Totally. Mm-hmm. totally. And I'd really like to talk about your process there. Like, hey, we're gonna make. Is it is it is a discussion you have in the studio, or say, hey, we we need something a little bit more upbeat, a little bit more rock. Here's something that's a little bit more ethereal. How do you yeah. how do you decide that, or is it just basically, hey, this is a great song? If it's seven great hard rock songs, that what we go with, or do you say, hey, we really have to vary it up so we can kind of expand our base? Mm. Well, we we write a lot of different kind of songs, and um, we we so when we go into writing, we'll kind of just 
It's usually on a feeling. So I could be like upset or angry and I'd be like, oh, I just want to fucking talk about this because this is pissing me off or I want to talk about this because this is really upsetting me or I mm. love this. And and It's very dependent on the mood of that particular day, really, isn't it? Yeah. So we, I don't think we, we sort of sit down before and be like, we need a, a rock song today. Yeah. It's, just... it's never a rock song, but it will be like, that's right, something fucking angry because mm. this is how I feel after getting off the phone with that person, or and there'll be like so, there'll be like a motive behind it, or sometimes you know Al will just have like a beat or something and he'll play it to me and I'll be like, mm. oh, I love that, and I'll start like singing over it or like kind of just like working out what I'm gonna do. So it 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 changes. Yeah, but... or it could be like we we're listening to an album we love, or of, oftentimes we'll like watch a. We'll, we'll watch a film that we love and then we'll get mm. inspired and then immediately go and start writing something. So, mm. right, or, if you cut, or if Alex, you come up with a lick or a riff or a beat or something like that. I mean, that alone can either change your mood or create a mood or any of those things. Like if, if there's something that's really, that's really moody or minor, all of a sudden, you know, Teresa, you're able to go, whoa, that makes me feel X. And then all of a sudden yeah. you're off to the races, right? It's just, yeah. Yeah, I, exactly. and I love that. I mean, you know, you can't sit, it's hard to sit down and go, okay, today's the day we're going to write a poppy, a poppy yeah. rock song. You know, it's like, yeah, that's just not yeah. kind of how it works. Well, you that, start forcing that, it sounds like it's going to be forced, right? Yeah, that never really works for us. Mm -mm. Sort of that way, does it? And I feel like, because we've been like together for so long, like we've been a band for like, I don't know, maybe like eight years now, it kind of, it doesn't really, you don't have to go in with that mentality, I feel like, because we've done a few sessions before and you kind of sit there and try to find like, so what do we want to do today? And it kind mm -hmm. of can feel a little bit awkward, actually. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, um, yeah, that's maybe right. You have to talk, really talk about what you want to write or something first. And sometimes I find that quite hard because sometimes, like you say, if I hear the beat or whatever, it will like evoke this feeling out of me and I'll be like, oh, oh fuck that's like there and i need to get that out um so yeah it's really dependent on the the day have you have you written a lot with outside writers we only write like with ourselves okay. um apart from on the last on the ep we did a song with a guy called saxophini um and that was the first time we wrote with someone else and had them on the because he's a he's a producer he produced it and it was the first time we went in with someone else and it came out really mm. really well um, but we just do everything in house. Like we write it, we record it, we produce it ourselves. Like, and so we, I think we kind of find it quite hard to come out of that, but we do want to work with other people more actually now, uh, just because people, uh, people with great brains are just going to bring great things. Mm, so. Sure. I would have, I would have guessed that in not having done the super deep dive on the, disc on the discography or the, like the all music or the writers, I actually would have guessed the opposite that there was, that there were more, writers in the mix than just the two of you just because the breadth of the music is so it's well breadth is wide mm. it's so wide it's like you go from like justin said you go from one thing to the other and it doesn't seem to be like there's yeah it's like the point the point of the thing is let's make some great music that we feel represents whatever we're doing that moment or that chapter in our lives but so that's the interesting part to me is that it's basically just the two of you but yet there's but this, you know, this it was about sorry just, yeah that well there was four of us Okay. So all of this writing so far has been four, but me and Alex do have done like the majority mm -hmm. of the last EP. But and our guitarist George writes writes with mm -hmm. us as well. But yeah. there was four of us this whole time, yeah. so everything that's out there has been four of us. Gotcha. But not uh, necessarily outside songwriters that are brought in. No, no one, Gotcha. Yeah. No, just the band. Yeah. Is there yeah. a a a 
is there a certain theme that runs in your songs or because there are times there's songs that I think that it's very empowering. There's songs about empowerment. Mm-hmm. Um, there's certainly songs about failed relationships. There's mm-hmm. you have one great line. Uh, it's, you have many great lines, but I love and I want more where it says I'm not a happy ending. Oh yeah. I, I yeah. fucking love that idea of like, Hey, you're going to yeah. go this relationship to me. And guess what? At the end of it, I'm going to hurt you. Regardless of what you do, yeah. this is not going to work out well for you, but let's have fun for a while. Exactly. And that's exactly it. It's like, that's not tied too much to it. Like, yeah. this might not be the thing that is forever, but it can be the fucking best thing right now. And right. like, that, yeah. But um, yeah, there is, there is the themes. Um, a lot of like the earliest stuff was based like heavily around my mental health just because I was like so consumed by it. I couldn't, couldn't do anything or think about anything else um and then it's kind of been like moving around like i feel like i've i'm like progressing in mm. myself in my personal like health mm-hmm. uh, yeah it's kind stuff. of been a journey and like how you've grown has, and overcome like, things isn't it yeah, yeah. If, you, if you listen to the music at the start i'm like i'm scared like i'm scared and i'm i don't know how i'm gonna get out of this and then it moves on and i start to like come out of it where i'm twisting it on its head a little bit with uh, songs like "Call Me a Saint," where I'm like, "Okay, I'm I'm scared, but but I'm I'm proud of myself." And then it gets things like "Seize the Power," I'm like, "Fuck this!" <laughs> and then it gets to the point where we're in this this point. Welcome to my house, and it's like, I'm talking about yeah, I'm all of this bad stuff, but actually, I'm 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 perfectly imperfect in a sense. Like I'm I'm accept. It's like I'm just ter- I'm coming to accept it. I'm like I feel like each song in each chapter is, and every year from my life I'm become I'm uh yeah I feel more accepting to what's happening and who I am and stuff like that and I feel like you can hear it in the words and stuff is 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 this fear is this a fear that you have just anxiety driven is this something you had for a kid as a child and as, as an adult is it the same thing or is it kind of morphed over time yeah um well it was like it was I was like um, having panic attacks and and, an anxiety disorder and it kind of just like flipped my whole world around. Like I was very, I would do everything by myself and then I couldn't leave the house. And I was like, what the hell's going on? And I started going to lots of therapy. And then of course, like it's always loads of stuff that's from your childhood and everything's stuck in your body. And it was like that, you know, that was the thing that kind of flipped the switch in me. And um it was just my whole world just changed. And I was like, what the, f- what? <laughs> so it kind of started from that, like the the writing and that's kind of in the first album, Don't Wait Till Tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. And then, and we did like a couple EPs before that. But yeah, it, it all started from that. Alex, is that something you've also dealt with any kind of issues in your own life that you placed into the music? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, sort of music has always been like something that's got me through like difficult times where it's listening to music or playing music. Like, yeah, it's always been the biggest thing to get me over any, uh, yeah, any like hardships in my life for sure. Sure, sure. So it's a great therapy, any kind of creative endeavor. I always wonder too, what the hell is it about music that can do that? Yeah, it's, it's right. It's like it's this magical yeah. potion that, that just sometimes, especially as a creative person, because then you can spill, you can just let things spill out mm. into it. Right. But even mm. like even as music fans, non-musical people, right, they turn to music as the thing 
yeah. it just blows my mind. It's like, a, you know. And I feel like it only gets, it for me, it, it gets stronger as I get older. Like I get more moved by like songs that I liked when I was younger, but mm. it's like even more intense now when I hear them, if I've not heard them for a long it's time. The, it's the stacking of experiences in your life on top of one another that kind of build that, you know, it's the mesh that makes it even stronger, right? It's, it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. You know, you just mentioned a really interesting thing. I'm curious from both of you, when there's songs that you grew up with that were powerful in your life back then, and you were just somebody who liked music, you didn't realize it was going to be your path. Then you become musicians. Do you go back and listen and go, oh, hell, how did they make that record? Or I totally understand it. Or like, my God, they must have just wood shopped forever on this one. Is it mm. a different vibe when you have a better, under, when you have an understanding of writing music and the business itself? What's that like? What's that epiphany like? Some, sometimes I think like sometimes a song comes really easily like you just, it's just there. And then sometimes I think, how the fuck do people write? A, and I just forget how to write a song because you have to almost like, it's quite a spiritual thing, really. If you're like really touching on, on what you, if you want to say something really personal and strong and like lock into that moment. Sometimes I'm like, how do you, how do you even do this? But when you do write a song and it feels really good. Like you can just see it. Like you can see where you're standing. You can see if it's like raining, if the sun's out, if you're in the woods or if you're, I don't know. It's like, it, it's, it's, it, you feel it. Like you can, I can feel it. I can see it when we're on stage playing the song. We've probably only just written half the song. Cause it feels like it is a, is a moment happening. Um, and I guess then for songs like, I don't know. Cause I guess I, cause like a song for me that, that changed that I love so much is a, is so real by Jeff Buckley. And sometimes oh. when I think about that song, I'm like, you know, that's such a, did, was he just sitting there and he just wrote it? Like how, how do people write songs? Like it feels, cause it's mm. such this magnificent thing and it's sort of like massive songs and they're around the whole wide world. They seem like this big glorious thing, but he probably was just sitting in his room on his own. Like with his guitar. I don't know. It's like mm -hmm. probably really the story of making the song is just, you just sitting in a, in a room either with yourself or someone else and catching, mm. ca catching. And from, from lots of interviews of like my favorite artists and things like that, it's often like their, their best songs seem to just come like almost out of nowhere. Like when they, when they stop trying and they just let, let it yeah. happen. You know? That seems to just. Oh yeah. Yep. And it is too contrived as you can, the audience can sense it right away. It's funny. You mentioned so real. I always think about that song and, just the shimmery guitar on it is enough. He doesn't even have to sing. I know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he was definitely so, someone handed him his backside. That's what that song was about. For I sure. have that same feeling with um, it, radio talk show. Is that what's called radio? The Radiohead song on um, Romeo and Juliet. Oh yeah, on the soundtrack. That the, yeah. the guitar. I don't know. There's something that guitar like actually gets inside of my body. There's so, it just I don't feel like that about any guitar mm. I've ever heard apart from that one. Well, that, yeah. that's a that's an interesting little segue, maybe or a little diversion. What what instrument and what sounds are the ones you find are most inspiring to you? Um, most inspiring. Oh, I stumped you. This is fantastic. <laughs> it, no, it's it's hard to to uh, like pinpoint one particular one piano i i i always really enjoy piano i think it's often but yeah it's like or, or for me it's like strings mm. strings like listening to an orchestra or something like that does mm. just like does something to i think because i don't 
Maybe because I don't understand it in the same way I do, like listening to a guitar. I'm listening in a different way, maybe. Yeah. But I also love the synth. Like whenever I hear like a really hard, like the um, bass synths that we always use, mm. I love that thing. It just it immediately gives me like a cool vibe, and I'm just like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think about the synth. What do I think about what I? I don't know. Maybe I've been listening to a lot of New Order lately. Maybe that's what made me think. Of. Um, I was yeah. listening to New Order today, actually. <laughs> Which one? Uh, I found it on my phone, but it's one of the maybe one of the early ones. But I'm I'm more familiar with Joy Division. I've only recently started. Yeah, listening. absolutely. Yeah, I really like it. Um, yeah. Well, the the, the thing that keeps popping up for me is the is the synthwave stuff like Gunship and and the like. It, that I mean, talk about to get your full impact from synth. I mean, like the whole thing is like driven by that is driven by that whole tonality. Um, I've been I've been vibing on that pretty good too, it, and it also kind of takes you back to when you wish the '80s could have been done over again. Because when I grew up, it was just the glam rock, the glam bands, and it was like your cast. It's just a cascade of those bands, and then all of a sudden, ten years later, Justin, you look back and you're like, that music wasn't really all that good. It didn't sound. <laughs> good. It didn't sound good. They couldn't sing very well. It was all pretty superficial. You know, it's like, God, I, I wish I could have grown up in a different era of music. You know, I think I grew out of it pretty well. If you but, grew uh, up like three or four years earlier, like musically proficient, you would have heard Ultravox and all those bands that are using that sound. Mm -hmm. That that sound amazing. And I'm so glad that kids are grabbing onto that sound. This kid, twenty something kid, tried to show me the Gunship thing, and I'm like. Yeah, this has been done a long time ago. A long time ago. But yeah. it's awesome that you're listening to it because maybe it'll feed you down that rabbit hole. Yeah, it's interesting how, how different so uh, the tones and textures come in and out of fashion. Like one minute, they're the coolest thing in the world. Mm -hmm. And the next, it's like considered really lame. It's, but always got, it's always like a, it's a circle. Like yeah. A sick thing, and it was And with synth, though, and with that type of synth heavy music, that was a brand new thing because the technology didn't exist, right? So that's what, so mm. now it's like, an, it's like, it, it, there's some forms of music that have been obviously, whether it's piano music or it's orchestral music, it's like those instruments have been around for, I don't know, however long, right? A thousand years or whatever. But with synth, that's like, that's when the paradigm really shifted. Yeah. Right? yeah. That's like yeah, electronic right. music wasn't, yeah. didn't happen. Bach wasn't writing the uh, concerto in uh, synth minor. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Right. So it's just, it's interesting how it is completely cyclical too. It's, it's crazy. I mean, my daughter is, my daughter's 15 and she is, she looks like she could have been in singles in the movie singles. It's like, you know, the ripped jeans and the, in the flannel. It's just, it's crazy. And the music is kind of reflective of that too, that she listens mm -hmm. to. So yeah, it's crazy. Hey, let me ask you a uh, musically style, style, style of music. You're, you guys, again, kind of run the gamut. You, you've had all these different influences. Let me ask you about your live performance, your live presentation. Was there certain acts you guys used to go see or maybe still see that you kind of go, that's who we want to be as a live act. That's, that's going to be our tone. That's going to be our mood. That's going to be our energy. This is the, what the crowd reaction we want. Was there some bands that, that turned you on to a certain like presentation? I grew up going to a lot of like heavier shows, like metal shows and, and things mm -hmm. like that. Our music is pretty far from that, but I feel like in terms of like energy, we give like a, we really go for it on stage and I want, I want to have that kind of intensity of like when I used to go and see those metal shows. Like, what, like who, who was that? Who were those metal bands? Uh, bands like uh, I've, I've seen like Mastodon, like mm -hmm. probably like 10 times. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and also more like progressive stuff like the Mars Volta and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Um, For me as well, like, um, so when we first started, I had like this floor tom and, and I stole it from Florence and the Machine because I loved Florence and the <laughs> Machine. And I had a floor tom when we started out and I would literally probably hit it about three times. And then about the ribbons like, on the stick. Yeah, and they get stuck. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was really impractical. And um, so I, and then about like six months later, I was like, I've just, this isn't what, this isn't me. I'm just, I liked, I saw it on someone else and I liked it and I wanted to try it. So then I got rid of it. But I, I must say like, um, I feel like we, you know, we used to do a good, like a note, like a, a fun show. And then we did this tour um, with Bring Me the Horizon. And um, and that was an arena tour. And this was the first time we went in arenas. And I remember watching them the first night. And I was like, oh, that's a show. I felt like I hadn't seen a show yet, really, in the way that energy kind of fucking goes. Because to be honest, I never really, I, you know, what, what was like the heaviest thing I would go and see before that? I don't really listen to heavy music. So for me, it was like to see that energy in the crowd. And that's where the crowd's at. The crowd's at like the more heavier shows. And that's that's the crowd I want. I love that. And um, anyway, saw them the first night. And like I kind of said, like I was like, what the fuck? I was like, that's that's a show. That's a fucking show. And then like the next night, we were just like, right, bang, just like running around. I don't know. It just, it was, it gave I think everyone the confidence to be able to go and do that themselves. It was just like, it was a really, it was a, it was a good turning point. And I, I think that was the turning point for me as a performer to be like fucking move, go out there, move. Yeah. Um, also I can't stand still anyway, cause I'm probably more nervous when I'm standing still. So I'm, I'm just like, <laughs> well, plus, in a, plus in an arena, there's room to do it. And if you don't take advantage of that, then you're kind of, then people it's seem like, small. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's funny, you know, pop though can be presented whenever you guys kind of pull out the kind of the pop card on some of your songs, it can't be presented with a very, with teeth, you mm, know, so the audience yeah. feeds off of that. I mean, um, it, which brings me to a couple different points and I'm going to go off in a few tangents, but it's all going to tie into this. Um, uh, speaking of young, aggressive pop fans, you guys, uh, a few years back through a Hail Mary doing the, uh, <laughs> doing the Taylor Swift cover. Right. Oh yeah. And yeah. it's a double-edged sword because you're like, Hey, we're going to attract a lot of new fans. We're going to have people listening to us, but you're also, they, they are also the most, some of the most vicious people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that 16 year olds to 40 year old women can have fangs out when it comes to dealing with Tay Tay. But what was the reaction like when you guys did that? I know, I don't want to, I don't want to, I know you guys call so much going on currently, but I'm just curious as someone seeing yeah. this going, what was the reaction? No, Taylor Swift reposted it. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So that was that mm. was a nice surprise. She chimed and in on it. She reposted it on her story. Yeah. Oh, good so we were Lord like, Almighty. Oh my god. Oh, yeah. Um it was, you know, it was it was good. Um but it's fact like I'm a ma I am I love pop. I like grew up yeah, in pop too. and motown. Mm -hmm. Like that's like what I grew up on in. And that's like my favorite, that's where my heart is. And it was really fun to do that cover um and but like nothing came from it like i don't know i feel like if say like maybe i don't know 10 years ago someone like taylor swift reposted you then like it sometimes directs all their fans to you doesn't it it's like it could make sure. a big move like i think 
we talk about it when one of the Arctic Monkeys wore the Royal Blood T-shirt on stage, mm. and then it kind of like was this mm. massive ripple effect. But it, you know, nothing like that happened. It was like it was. I just feel it's it's so hard to get people's attention these days. But just Taylor Swift reposting it was that was it for me. So yeah, well, you say that, but it's funny because uh, like what's her name, but Kylie Jenner can wear a Slayer T-shirt, and all of a sudden, <laughs> it's major news. Yeah, yeah. You know, we, we live in a very funny culture. Yeah, um, Corey Taylor had a Motley Crue t-shirt on at his show last weekend in Louisville, and I was just kind of like, that's an interesting one. You know, it's like... Yeah. Just, um, hey, you know what? You like what you like, right? So Yeah, exactly. And pop yeah. music, yeah. I mean, it's so funny when people think of pop music, they just think recent pop music. Pop music goes back to the Bay City yeah. Rollers and Gary Glitter and all that other stuff. So, yeah, pop's oh, amazing. Yeah. Pop's amazing. <laughs> So I want to talk about you. You mentioned Bring Me to Horizon. Obviously, you guys have done uh, some work with Fever Three Three Three. But talking about people, since we're talking about the cruise going forward and the ship rocked, and Alan was on earlier with you, two of the people you have worked with uh, have been with us. That's Jarris Johnson and Grandson. How do you mm-hmm. come up with collaborations, and how do you decide? Does it someone just go make a call? Go, hey, I did your stuff. You want to do something, or is it kind of like you kind of feel it out for a while? How do you how do you go about that? So the grandson thing, that came around actually by our label and we didn't know grandson at that point. But what's cool is that actually now we do know him and and last year I was in LA and I was at a party and I just bumped into him. This was the first time we met face to face and we were like, oh my God. And then um, we did like a session and stuff before, but it was on Zoom because it was in in COVID and obviously Mm -hmm. like opposite sides of the world. But um. Yeah, and we went to his show the other day in London, actually. And yeah, it's really, he's great. Yeah, and then we we hung out a bit when we were over there. Like it's 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 nice because it wasn't like at first an organic relationship, but now it is. Like it was just like it was a recommendation from the label. Like, oh, we should remix this song. Like, there's this really cool, a uh, really cool guy called Grandson, and we we're like, sounds amazing. Let's do it. And the fucking remix was just sick. Um, that we they we changed our live. Uh, way we played that song to that version because it was just it's just cooler. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, so yeah, when I heard it, I was like, that bassline's way better than really, my It's really cool. <laughs> yeah. it for for the live show. Yeah, yeah. And who did you yeah. say? Oh, Jerris Johnson. Jerris Johnson. Oh, Jerris. I so I just met. So we just both collabed on that on um, uh, eSport G G two. Yes. Um, and last year, so we just went to Berlin last December, first time we met each other. And we were just in like this bowling alley with just all the, all the gay, all like the gamers. And it was such, it was like a, the sweetest experience. Like everyone was so lovely. And, um, and yeah, me and Jerris was just like jumped on the track and he's really, he's really lovely. And did you say Jerris did it last year? Yeah. 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 yeah, he seemed like, and that's a, that, those two guys would be good guys to chat with about the cruise and what to expect. Because it seems yeah. to me, it seems to me, and I, it's more than a feeling. They both came at back after the fact and said that they had a great time, and they were, yeah, they were all involved with our guests, and our guests really loved them. And it, they, I, I feel like they understood it. It takes a little, it, t- it might take a second sometimes to kind of figure it all out, but by day two, everybody starts clicking and going okay i understand what this is all about and they certainly had they certainly had a great time so definitely definitely hit them back with a quick text or two yeah, saying hey tell me tell me the tricks here so yeah it's super <laughs> cool and we love it when our when all the guests collide like that because it's like 
it just makes it more feel you know super family like. So it's um it's, it's super cool that you guys had to have those existing relationships. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's been nice. So you guys are going to be rolling out here in a few weeks to this neck of the woods with Barnes Courtney. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and and you worked on the track anthem with him, right? Yep. And I mm-hmm. got to tell you, this is this to me, it's a standout track only because I love Lana Del Rey oh, and your yeah. voice. I was just like, holy shit. It just sounds, and I don't like to ever compare, but I had mm-hmm. to just go, that sounds dead on. Is mm-hmm. she any inspiration? And is she, is there anything about her? Or do you just happen to sound like her? I, what, uh, uh, on just on that track or that just, one track was like really yeah. stuck out like, like a I, thumb. Well, oh. she's really influential to me. I love, I love her music. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I love her music, but she was not in my mind writing that song. Um, just the voice. The voice is what yeah. struck me. But I, 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 we have this song called "Heavy," which is like one of the very, very early songs, and that is actually really Lana vibes as well. And because I was listening, I listened to her um, one of her new songs the other day, um, "Say Yes to Heaven," and it sounds. Heavy was kind of like has, has a similar vibe, and I was like, "Whoa, that's so weird." But yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't hear it on Anthem, but I love Lana Del Rey. She's Maybe amazing. she's listening to your stuff. Yeah, I got the Lana and the yeah. Gwen, I got the Lana and the Gwen Stefani combo for me. Oh yeah, I'm a big fan of Gwen. Yeah, it's big it's, fan. It's big fan of both both of them. Isn't yeah. it funny when we start to admit this stuff out loud? look you are you're a product of what you listen to and what you like i mean absolutely you know, you know everybody's somebody else you know little bits me, of everybody else you know but it's me um it's, i i'm i'm more like i like i took um lots of stuff from like um girl bands like the marvelettes the shirelli's mm-hmm. and um the shangri-la's like that's that was like my favorite thing kind of growing up and because i love how hard the voice is but like I don't know. It has like this, like tanginess to the voice, but it also is just and, and Amy Winehouse is like one of my favorite singers ever. Uh, Lady Gaga. I think we um, just may have hit. Uh, we may have just hit uh, a new high here, Justin, on making waves. We're, what are we? Episode one twelve. One twelve. I've never heard anyone. I think one twelve or thirteen. I've never heard anyone call a vocal tangy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I applaud you. It's so funny the you're mentioning all those vocal. I mean, all those, all those, the Motown bands you were talking about, all those girl groups. It's so funny when I think of their voices because Ronnie Spector made it all sound like a wall of sound when those girls sang, right? Beautiful. It was like almost the first like fuzz, like reverb, like just distorted voices with some of those girls when they sang. Mm. It's awesome. It's so cool. Yeah. So, okay, you're coming over here in October. You're going to do this run with Barnes Courtney. Let me ask you. How a lot of American acts have had to go to the UK or wherever, like whether it's the strokes or dirty honey or whoever to kind of break the kind yeah. of like American audiences weren't biting. They go over there enemy, all these things and they're doing well, they're playing well. And then they come back over here and they're starting a little traction. Is it hard for English bands to come over to the States these days or is it and kind of have to well, go through the same thing? I would say yes. Cause we haven't done it yet. We've mm. been a band for like eight years. We've played two sh- maybe three shows and um that was just one in new york and then we've done two in la Mm -hmm. we've not we've never toured america yet so i'm gonna say yeah like it's so expensive yeah it's getting more and more expensive so it's harder for the band starting out we Mm -hmm. wouldn't be able to do it unless we had 
And I'm just saying this honestly because it is what it is. We wouldn't be able to do it unless we had the label helping that us out because yeah. it's like it's insane. Because obviously it's so much bigger. You know, UK is like the, the longest journey mm -hmm. you're going to have to take to get to another show is nine hours. That's right. the longest, right? Oh, it's a sprawl here. It's terrible. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel, yeah. So I'm I'm so excited that we're finally getting to come over and do it. But it it is hard. Like. We were planning. We've tried to do it before, and it never worked yeah. because we didn't have like the support to come over there. Or, mm -hmm. and also that's another thing. Like we wouldn't be able to put our own tour on there just yet because we haven't we haven't kind of had that push over there. So it could like just be it could just like not give back anything. So we need to we, we want to do our own tour, but we just need to wait a sec and like jump on the right stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you need the support to go over there because it it's just it's hard. Like it's 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 a lot. Yeah, and it yeah, looks like what, what what are we looking at? October sixteenth, mm -hmm. Philadelphia, the Brooklyn mm -hmm. Bowl. Okay, what are the uh, what are the what's the anticipation of what's the planning stages right now? Are you guys rehearsing every day? Are we we've got the set figured out? Or are you still figuring things out? Where are you in the process? We've got a pretty rough idea with the set. Yeah, and we, we start some rehearsals. We've only next got thirty five minutes though, so yeah, mm -hmm. it's kind of hard because you want to. You're like, what are we? Yeah, you just get start. Get, just get started, right? Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, yeah. yeah, with every um record we put out, it gets harder and harder to yeah. do a set list, especially when it's like a support set list. You're like mm. squeezing your favorite ones in there. It's difficult. So let me ask you at that point, since you're right that you're trying to gain fans, you're trying to gain that following, do you kind of just go to your Spotify and go, That's the biggest one, that's the biggest round? Do you just pick the most reacted to ones or you just say, Fuck it, we're gonna play what we want to play, and if they like it, great. No, we 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 do like We'll kind of go off of like what reacts what reacts well when we play it live because if the people are having a good time, we're having it it's the energy. You're just like mm -hmm. you're just like flying. So mm -hmm. we do it like that. We also play the ones that we love as well and we want to play, but you know, we, we make sure it's like because I hate going to shows and and if it's an artist and they play none of the the, the massive like hits that everyone's there to hear, it's like, uh like you could yeah. yeah, you play like, your popular the song for you is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, um, but yeah, so we we get like a nice mix in. Yeah, <laughs> definitely not. No bass solo. No uh, so, so in thirty five minutes, do you have? Uh, are you go? Is there? So there, it sounds to me like there might be a little bit of playing it by ear in that, like if if it's going well at the start and there's songs, I mean, is it a nightly thing where you're just going to look at the songs that are available to you and say, and put together and craft a set list for that particular evening based on the night or the two nights before? Maybe. We yeah. There'll be that. an element yeah. of that. Cause it, yeah. it's going to be some kind of audience as well to what we've played to before. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, we often just feel it out. Like sometimes a certain song feels better earlier on in the set. So yeah. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, as the tour goes on, we'll figure it out. That's a big thing that we've been learning, like, well, we're always learning, but like um, the tempo of the song can really, <laughs> if you, I don't know, we played like this at a Reading Festival, Um, we played the set and there was this, we have the song called Ordinary, it came after this, this new song we have called I Want More and when we started playing Ordinary, it was like slow motion, it mm. was horrible. So um, we quickly changed that for the, the next show. It's it's an interesting thing as far as music fans go that they may not understand that that 35 minute set just seems like a blink and it is a blink kind of for everybody but there really is a pacing and a lot of thought that has to go into yeah. how to how to pull that off properly and in in a in a a, a um, 
you know, a fan or somebody just viewing your music is going to sit there and either and really enjoy it or that the the wrong set, the wrong order could just turn somebody off who may have otherwise really liked it, right? Because the, I mean, the pacing or how you start or how you finish, or all of a sudden there's a lull that shouldn't be there. It's like the, because there's a place for a lull, right? There's a beginning, a middle, and an end to however long the set is. But if you get them wrong in there, you can kind of lo- start to lose somebody, right? So I think yep. it's an underappreciated uh, build is the building the set list, the 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 art of building the proper set list. Yeah, no, to- you know, definitely, totally. You know, if you're a band that only has 35 minutes worth of music or 35 minutes worth of ideas, it's one thing. But when you have music that you can choose from, because you y'all have a, a good repertoire at this point, I mean, boy, it's like it's like trying to build the fir- the perfect bowl of soup. You know, it's like you got one chance to do it, and then if you get the ingredients wrong, you throw the whole thing out. You know, so no pressure, no pressure. You got this. Hey, what was it? What was it when you were growing up, living in Bristol, seaside area, it's a very picturesque. But what was the music scene like there for you growing up? Uh, we're not actually from. We're, this, we're in Brighton now, but we're not oh, actually Brighton. From Brighton. Sorry, Bristol. Sorry, Brighton. Brighton. Right. God, it's easy um, to get to. I, sorry, <laughs> listen to massive attack. So. Yeah, yeah. That's similar kind of similar kind of town. Well. <laughs> yeah, um, yes. Yeah, so, I'm I'm we're not actually from here. So um I'm from like a small town called Folkestone in Kent and Al's from Essex. Yeah, I'm from Essex. Okay. And in, my, in my um so instead of going to college I did sixth form. I don't know if that if you guys have that. It's basically just you stay in the school and it's like another two years. Well they have like high mm-hmm. school. You have high school till like eighteen, right? Yeah. Yes. That's like college then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, So basically I did that and um, I I was doing music and there was three people in my whole class. Like there was only three people there. Like the scene is, there was really no scene there. So when I moved to Brighton when I was 18, I was like, it was like a piece of magic. Just like, I was like, wow. Because then all my friends uh like love music we're doing music and i was just it's just being surrounded by the people who like like-minded people it just really made such a big difference and every other person's got a guitar on their background here so yeah <laughs> you know it's it's, it's yeah, everywhere. It was, it's just a good feeling yeah it was similar for me as well I've, i grew up in romford in essex and there wasn't really much of a, of a music scene at all there either so yeah moving down to brighton it was just yeah it was so refreshing and um yeah, the whole band met at a music school in Brighton. Um, so we've been friends like years now. How long have we been friends for? Like, like 12 years time. or something. Yeah. And um, yeah, we're all in the same circle of friends, playing music and dipping various bands together, going and seeing each other's shows. And yeah, it's, a, it's an inspiring place, Brighton. It's small as well. So like mm. you'll, you'll bump into everyone walking down the street. Mm-hmm. What are your... Uh... I always like to ask these questions to musicians. They never picture themselves doing anything anywhere else. But if you weren't doing this line of work, if this wasn't your passion, if this wasn't, what would you be doing? The only other job I've ever had is making coffee. So maybe doing that. A barista? <laughs> A barista. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've done outside of music. Well, you must be then. You're very essential still in the band, though. So good. There you go. Yeah, that's right. I love <laughs> Um, what are we doing? I want to write a book. Author, see, I like okay. See, but I like these answers because I feel like sometimes if you're asked, if you ask that question and someone has an answer right away and they're very committed to that answer, Mm. 
You know, it's like I always coming from a management background, I always I would talk to my clients and say, look, this has got to be something that you cannot imagine doing anything else. Like there can't even be a there if there can't be a plan B, right? Otherwise, that plan B, when there's when there's hard times and there's lean times and there's financial problems and pressure, that plan B starts to creep up in there and start going, Hey, maybe you should, maybe you should. So it's like I always told my clients, listen, it's there is no, there is no plan B like this is the plan a, and then the longer you go and the more you commit to it, the more options there will be in order to enhance that yeah. original plan a, or maybe the plan a has a little bit of a detour in it, but it's still part of plan a, you know? So yeah. I love the fact that you guys, the both of you had to kind of think about it for a second. Mm, yeah. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> no, the, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> is, is really yeah. great. Uh, and, I, and I think that bodes well for, for your future. So that's exciting. Good answer. You're right though. There's like, I, yeah, you have to go through this thing of being almost like deluded, where so many people are like, "No, you still still doing oh, that? Huh? Is that all you do?" Oh. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, That's you know, so- sometimes it makes you feel like, "Am I going? Am I mad for doing this?" But yeah, but that's, that's weird. That's no, what, and, that's, but, and that's what the power of, of the friends that you have and the bandmates, right? The lean on one another to go, "Hey, you know, hang. We got to hang in there because what else are we going to do?" Right. That. especially right if we're on stage like and if we've had a bad show before that is like when you're so thankful to have like a band because you're like oh my god if i was doing this on my own i'd be freaking out but it's like you you can just look at each other and like like cry laugh and Mm. um and then be like yeah okay it's all right (laughs) yeah okay so uh, well listen i don't want i don't mean to say that you open a can of worms but now we got to talk about the worst show ever Worst show ever. Ooh. Yeah. What was your worst show ever? Like, at what caused you to look at your bandmates and go, oh my God, was that as horrible oh, as I thought it was? This, we we did a show supporting, oh, what was the, the band? Cortinas? The Cortinas. Oh, the he, Cort- oh, you remember. Alex remembers. It must have been. Yeah. The, I mean, I she could have been, been bringing up any show, but Alex was like, yeah, okay, I yeah. know what you're talking about. <laughs> we did a show with them and it, like, it was a sold out, like, 3,000 people and I shit you not like not one person clapped after we like finished the songs and like basically no one was looking and it's like it was it was horrible and I was like are you fucking joking (laughs) (laughs) we played with them we played with them in Manchester Arena as well and um, it was like the Manchester oh. Derby was going on. Foot, I don't think we should football. tell. We should only tell one bad story. We don't <laughs> Wait a minute. How many uh, how many bad gigs <laughs> have there been? You two. <laughs> Basically, we re- you know that band are great and we like them, but they they they're not. They shouldn't have any supports because the the people don't like them. Yeah, they they like they like they're there for one band. reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and that reminds me, I saw I saw the Deftones open for Van Halen in probably 1992 or 93. Could that have been that early? Yeah, probably 93, 94. <laughs> and I mean, you want to talk about angry people, like not understanding anything what what they were doing at all and here's these old van halen fans and it, that was hard to watch i felt and i liked it but i that was that was kind of hard to that was hard to stomach so so uh there's always the good a pivot to your best show obviously there's a lot of great shows but i the reading experience must have been quite something yeah that was mm-hmm. our first time playing it and that was our favorite time yeah the- do you, do you find with those festivals, people tend to be, as opposed to just going and opening for a certain band in a certain place, and it's just their fans, and you're having to kind of battle them. Festivals obviously open a broader scope of minds, like, hey, I'm I'm here to listen to everything. 
is that kind of your perception too? It's like, it's going to go over well, regardless, because we're going to have at least 10% of a hundred thousand people are going to like us. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think like, uh, you kind of get to a point because you can you can really stress yourself out before the show being like fuck what if no one's there and you know done that like a thousand times and it kind of like it, it kind of ruins the show a little bit because mm-hmm. you're so you just don't know who is mm-hmm. going to happen and and for some reason we pretty much always clash with a headline <laughs> at those big festivals um, but it's uh, honestly it it was it was so good and I loved it but I just there was like a point in me where I was like. I'm either going to get so caught up in thinking about who's going to be there and how many people are going to be there, and I'm not going to, and I'm not going to be able to enjoy myself. And I thought sometimes I do this thing, and I'll be like, "This might be the last time you ever do this." So just have a good time, um, and and I, I just let myself feel into it, and I had a really good time. What does Bruce Dickinson say? He said the best thing you can ever do in that situation is you sing to the person in the back of the room, like they're in front of the house, and you're yeah. always going to win. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, go ahead, Justin. We so we both said them at the same time. Well, I think you, I know where you're going. I, I think I know where you're going, and you think you know where I'm going. And well, I, I want to know where you're going. We're both probably wrong. Okay, <laughs> uh, you go. You go first. Age before I, beauty. I kind of want to walk the plank right now, and I don't even want to. I don't even want to explain it. If that's okay don't. with you, don't. You, the same. That's where you're going. Yeah, I, well, I wasn't going, but I like what you're doing now. Okay, okay. we're gonna walk the plank, ladies and gentlemen. What villain do you secretly cheer for? Uh, in anything. It's not a secret, but the Joker. It's not a secret? No. Is it why does everybody root for the Joker? Surely. Oh, does it? Oh, is that what? No. Uh, this is this is what I'm saying. You're walking the plank, you never know what's going to happen. You may fall off the okay. end of the plank, or you may be saved. But you're walking off the plank, so these are the, we're 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 without a rope. We're, we got no no safety harness right now. So, so that you, one to- you secretly root for bat for for the Joker. It's not not secretly. So should I find someone I overtly? Secret- no, it's okay. It's okay. There's no wrong <laughs> answers with walking the plank. <laughs> okay. Which okay, let me uh, let me go to step. Uh, let me go to the second part of that that I'm just making up as we go. Which Joker has been your favorite Joker? Heath Ledger oh. for sure. Heath Ledger. Okay, Heath Ledger plays the best Joker. Oh, David Jackman. Yeah, see, it's a tough question. Yeah, it's, it's really tough because yeah, working Phoenix was. Amazing, oh, crazy, right? I, I I yeah, but Heath Ledger though has has a certain thing, the likability about the character. You like, you didn't completely hate the guy because yeah. he was such a prankster, and maybe that's just the way that Ledger played him. The other one, Joaquin, that was just that was like Taxi Driver, like just so dark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also like, no joy. Was, yeah, and Joaquin, you you felt sorry for the Joker in that one. Yeah, whereas yeah. In, in Heath Ledger, you were just like. Whoa, he was like, yeah. he was just it's, feisty. It's almost like hard to compare them because they both brought out such different sides of. Nah, of he, I'm going Heath. You're going Heath? Yeah. Going Heath, okay. Okay. You- yeah, I'll yeah. stick to Heath. Okay, what uh, what villain do you secretly or not so secretly root for, Alex? 
I don't know. Uh, T1000 in Terminator 2. Okay. <laughs> All right. I like it. Great answer, man. That's I love fantastic. that. I don't know. T1000. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he was all cool. He's like, oh, shucks. I don't know. But it sounds like he's been thinking about this for like a decade. He's like, oh, I, they finally asked my question. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. wanted him yeah. to kill John Connor. John Connor was getting on my nerves in, in Terminator 2. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. That's great. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I have another walk to plank. Is that okay, Justin? I don't want to impede on your impedance. Unless you have one, are you ready? Are no, you ready for one? I do. I do. No, but yeah. But go ahead. Though. I just, this is a que- this is a question that I like to ask our guests. Um, and maybe that makes me depressing. But what's the last what What's the last thing that either one of you cried about? Mm. What did I cry about last? Oh, T one thousand. <laughs> Let me think about this one. Two other. Um, the last thing I cried about was like I was just scrolling on TikTok and there was a little video of these two old ladies and they were sisters and they made this pact to never say goodbye. They never say goodbye and they were oh it was making me cry so hard because they were like we've had a good time. It's actually making me feel sad talking Aww. about it. It's like the sweetest video and it was the last time they ever saw each other. Do you think the last time they would wish that they had said goodbye if they knew it was going to be the last? <laughs> did that well, no, work? Did that, that, like, I'll, I'll, see, I'll see you on the other side. Oh, okay. Aw. Um, yeah, it's very lovely. Uh, for me, I got a little choked up. We watched Almost Famous the other day, and I really love that film. And there's yeah. a bit where um, uh, Zoe Deschanel says to... Um, her brother, like, I can't remember the exact words, but it's like, if times get tough, go to your room and your, and find your best friends, like, in your records. I, I butchered the, what she actually said, but, it, <laughs> yeah, it kind of choked me up a bit. Was, yeah, because yeah, you can look for comfort in... In your, in your music, in your yeah. record collection. This, this, is all, this is also the first time that I think we made a guest cry on the podcast, so there is that. <laughs> And so I'm so, I'm sorry, but it's good. It's good to learn. It's good to learn, and it's also good to um, it's also probably a good healthy thing to remember the last time you cried. So I'm glad I brought that up. Like for you me, it's say for, something like really depressing, really dark. Yeah, yeah. just hurt. right. You're well. You're crying about a. It's a positive thing. So it's you know there's the co- the complete whole individual probably cries for both, and I think that's that's wonderful. So I'm glad. That's a bit I'm, glad. Of a, that's a bit scary I'm still processing the fact that almost famous brought a tear to Alex's. <laughs> <laughs> it, got, it got me it really got I, me I, I know man it's just kind of like the thing is like uh, when the sister uh, we, yeah, I was talking to him like uh, burn a candle when you listen to this album when you listen to mm. who's side two of the right uh, what is it Tommy yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it made me think about me when I was young listening to music and it yeah, made me a bit emotional yeah. sure I it always made me sad because they never brought up the fa- they never brought up the father in that movie anyway I guess it's not. <laughs> yeah, <No>, didn't. <laughs> Justin, do you have um, one? Yes, I do. Uh, for both of you, uh, what superpower do you wish you had, and what would you do with that power? I probably just fly. Yeah, right? mine's fly as yeah. well. Like I want to fly. I dream about flying all the time. I do you ever look up what that means? Mm-hmm. I, I know what it I means. To, what does it mean? I don't know. I'm just making shit up. Uh huh. <laughs> I am. Um, I used to sleepwalk when I was when I was younger, and um, 
I would always end, end up downstairs in the kitchen in my mum's house. And, but in my dream, I was flying down the stairs. So, you know, I know something's happening. I'm going to tell you exactly what it means. And this is from one of these things called dreams.com. It can signify your ability to overcome challenges and rise above difficult situations. Nice. Look at there you go. Look at that. Either see, that or you're a fairy. See, <laughs> maybe a little bit of both. That's right. So <laughs> before we get Alex's answer, though, I have dreams about flying and mm -hmm. I'm flying. But the problem is, is that I always lose energy or I lose my ability to fly. So I come down to the ground. And I'm fighting to get back up. And then I try to fly again and I can only fly a little bit. And then it comes to the point where I can't fly at all. I'm just standing there. So, uh, Justin, Justin, I think that means that ultimately you're carb, you're, you're carb loading. I'm carb loading. Yeah. yeah. You're not quite simple. overcoming. I'm not quite overcoming. And eventually, <laughs> eventually I'm being crushed <laughs> by my unrealistic expectations. <laughs> but like when you're when you're flying, right? You're not just like are you? You're like you're I swimming. Like I'm swimming in the air. You're swimming. Oh, yeah. swimming? No, I'm I'm flying. I'm flying Superman style. I'm yeah, I'm, I'm going after that. it. Yeah. That's why you're falling. You need to swim. <laughs> Need to swim more <laughs> swimming. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. You swim. You swim for. <laughs> I think you need to just get it higher up into the airstream. Put your wings out and just glide. Yeah, that's true. Or yeah. I need. Or I need more melatonin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Alex. What about you? What's your superpower? Oh yeah, I'm going to fly as well. Fly, like that. Flying okay. as well. That's one. Yeah. Gotcha. See, uh, invisibility was with the, was the other one that we get a lot, right, Justin? Mm -hmm. Invisibility. Yeah, what would you do, Al? If you were invisible, what would you do? Oh wait, no, I'm not. I'm not being interviewed. I'm not taking questions at this time. All right, you're fine. gonna have to. You have to call my publicist, Taylor. Will you answer, Taylor? Will you answer that question for me? I'm. I'm not taking questions at this time. Sorry. My invisibility. I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't want it. I, that's just dangerous, right? You just get yourself. What's your guys's superpower yeah. of choice? Justin, look at him. Is is this his hair? He's living it. <laughs> you have got amazing yeah. well thank you very much I appreciate that uh, what would my superpower be what would it be um, mind reading yeah that's a good one that's a good yeah. one I feel like I invisible like, ones like it's good but I mean what are you going to do I mean if you're a kid you're like ah, I can sneak into dress rooms or some yeah. bullshit yeah. like that like, oh, you know what would be good though well, why is that bullshit <laughs> <laughs> what what <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think it would be kind of cool. Like, hey, you know what I'm gonna do? I could sneak into a bank vault. The thing is, okay. is like the product I'm trying to take out of said vault, I can't make invisible. So how do I get this out of here? It's just gonna be a floating bag right. and a teller's gonna <laughs> like like crazy. So how do I figure that out? That's my point. If I can do that, then I'll turn invisible. So if you so you're saying you're invisible and you can like get through vaults, like you can go through walls and stuff. Well, he would just be invisible, and then at the end of the night, when they close the vault, he'd be in it. He'd spend the night in it. Oh, yeah, they wouldn't sit him up. Oh, okay. yeah. I'm going. I mean, also, I'm going mastermind. Yeah. I'm going crying. I think, I think it'd be right super fun though to also be invisible to play pranks on people, like their the house is haunted or something, and just yeah, do all kinds of stuff. People, that'd be that'd be fun. Fun. They did that to me. I I really I get turn invisible. Really, <laughs> they turn invisible one night. Freaked me out. <laughs> Um, Hold on, what, oh, you get you get spooked real easy. I get spooked really, really easy. And how um, awesome is this? Because the shiprock you're going to be going on, this is our haunted cruise. This is uh, the theme is yeah. is dark classic, and horror classic, and classic horror, classic horror themed cruise. Why is it oh, haunted? Right. 
Why is it? Uh, it's not. It's just every year the theme yeah. of the cruise changes. Yeah. Like one year it was this, you know, a space theme, and the next theme was like uh, uh, old well, west. Right, what's, that? what's that? Yeah, as long as it's actually not haunted, that's fine. No, it's not actually haunted. Although no. some people would think they, I mean, you know, one man's whatever they say. I mean, it may be haunted. Who knows? I hope for your sake it's not. Yeah, Alan says as far as we know, it's not haunted. Okay, this is good news. But the guys, so we went, um, we went, uh, we like rented this little cottage in somewhere in England, and um, and it had like nothing around it apart from like this old yeah, it was church, right out in the sticks, and like yeah. which is already like meh, to me like not really my thing, and um, <laughs> we were staying there, and um, and I was in the shower, and they had one of those little. Uh, portable speakers and I just didn't really know about it and I was just in the shower and I was washing my hair and I was like and it was like and I was like what the fuck and then I was like but I, I didn't see this thing either and then all of a sudden it started going mommy and I was like run out and I started freaking out I was like guys I'm I'm freaking out like I've got you to go about home. to pack your bags and leave yeah and I started texting my mum I was like mum I'm I'm freaking out like something's wrong with this she's like I knew you shouldn't have gone there and I was like why, do, why are you saying that I've got, I've got to stay here for a whole month and try and write some music and she was like yeah I don't know I was getting a bad feeling about that place I was like what <laughs> and then I, I was I but in all seriousness I didn't like it at all and I, I packed my stuff and I told the guys I said I think I need to go home um, and then they finally told me it was it was a joke <laughs> like I don't like that stuff it freaked me out. How is how do they pull off the joke? They they tapped into the Bluetooth speaker and yeah yeah and just played like Exorcist. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean that's some jokes one hundred and one. I like where you're, I like where their heads at. Keep it simple. Keep it. Simple. I can imagine it though. You're you're already kind of like up against it. Cottage out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, England exactly. probably probably haze and mist coming off the moors. Oh yeah, yeah, you set cabin, yourself up for that. Cabin in the yeah. woods. Look out. The only lights was the stars and the moon. Mm. And uh, yeah. you know, I like I like a lamp outside the uh, what uh, street lamp like I like yeah. those things. Just like, not with not so much with the howling wolves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's, it's it's been super fun hanging out with y'all for a little while here. Um yeah. I know for sure that our guests are really looking forward to seeing you on the ship. Um, so like Alan said, if you ever need anything, just reach out to reach out to our team. We got a great group of people that want to take good care of you. And um with that, uh any do we have any final thoughts, Justin? What are we doing? Uh what this drops on Monday, this coming Monday, we'll drop Correct. it on all our socials and our YouTube. Uh so people who do watch this, making sure that keep in mind that starting October first, I believe, is when the first date is that the first date. When is the first date? Second. Second. Oh Second. no, their first date. Sorry, your first date in Philly. Oh yes, sixteenth. Sixteenth. Okay, sixteenth. Okay, so yes. Um, go <laughs> check out the tour with, with Barnes Courtney. Check them out if they come to your town or if they're driving distance. Go, go see them. Um, kind of get primed for uh, Shiprock, and also pick up their new album, "Welcome to My House." <laughs> it's on Republic Records. So, um, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate. It. I'm glad we finally made this happen. Yes. Um, yeah, it was a success. Well worth the wait. Thank you again. Yeah,
Hello, Tom May here, host of Future Friday. I've spent the last 15 years on the road with my band, The Menzingers, where I've met all kinds of wild and fascinating people. So I started a podcast. On Future Friday, I talked to fellow musicians about the moments that made them, their passions outside of music, and the curiosities that tie us all together. I've also talked to the likes of UFO researchers, magicians, soldiers, and documentary filmmakers, and I'm constantly searching for folks that can shape and change our view of the world. You can check out Future Friday wherever you like. <laughs>